and welcome to another episode of the you know show we are two geeks who talk about everything my name is aaron and i'm joined as always by my cousin landon say hello hello and good day welcome back we took a little longer to get to this episode we had a little break last weekend yeah we wound up taking a taking a break last week um what what was that just both of us scheduling and then just yeah tiredness and and just fatigue what i don't was, know what was there was we were gonna do it on the sunday because i right. had something going on on the saturday right right yeah yeah the the original plan was to so so for those of you who aren't who haven't been sure like we of course we post these on wednesdays but uh, but we do record them beforehand. It's not like we're live Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Oh. Uh, we record over the weekend prior to when we get these episodes out. And usually it's a Saturday evening. Like for us right now, it is Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if there's a scheduling conflict, we'll move it to Sunday evening. And that's what we were supposed to do last week. Yeah, but uh, I had a but, date. Uh, I had a date. I took Daffy. That's my wife. I took her to uh, see Dirty Dancing, and um, they had it playing at uh, the the Coliseum place, and they had a live band and live singers singing and doing all that. And I'm watching the movie with her, and I realized I don't think I've ever seen this movie all the way through. And so seriously, seriously, you wouldn't believe it. I'm sitting here going because I've seen like the major scenes and stuff, but I was like. I don't recall some of these things or the plot. And so I'm watching it and I'm like watching it for the first time. And so I was like, <laughs> it's a really good movie. Pretty good movie. You know? Yeah. I also realized that, you know, Patrick Swayze was, you know, I mean, he was really kind of a cool guy, you know, he's, he's you know, smooth guy. If you want to have some fun with the end of that movie, uh, do yourself a favor and look up. Uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. Uh, where someone has taken the final dance from Dirty Dancing and synced it up with the intro music from The Muppet Show. <laughs> it's flawless. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's so that's really, what we so did good. on Saturday night. And then um, I think on Sunday, I think you and I were just like, it just didn't work out time-wise. We were just like, yeah. yeah. Put it, on. it was just Sunday. I don't know if I wasn't feeling well. I know, I know I'm the one that I think I reached out to you and said, Hey, would you hate me if we move this tomorrow night? So we were right. gonna try to do it Monday night. But then you were busy with work and I wasn't feeling yeah. great on Monday yeah. either, anyway. So it was just like, you know what? Let's just postpone and we'll you know, so we were planning on talking about House with the Dragon last week and then the Star Wars Andor show this week. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know what? Why not combine those two episodes into one we'll do power both. episode? So we'll we'll hit them both uh, today. So for the next um, seven hours. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm, no. There's not enough. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll try to hit the first half hour with, uh, with the hot D and then the second half hour with Andor. Um, hot D. I still love that. House of Dragons. Hot D. There you House go. of the Dragon. All right. Um, so initial thoughts. House of the Dragon. Now, you've been a Game of Thrones fan since way back. You've read the books, haven't you? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Um, I probably watched Game of Thrones three times all the way through and, of course, read the books. And, um, yeah, you know, I was um, excited at the possibility. As you know, I'm an enthusiast to these things, so I'll try out anything. But I was a little skeptical, too, because it's just really hard to uh, just follow up on that. Um, and, and going into it, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought they were able to pull off some, some pretty tall orders, which, which involved time jumps and, um, and then not having a Tyrion Lannister in the show, um, not having that and still surviving, um, uh, was a tall order. And I think that they do so they, they still don't have that element, but, um, no, I still enjoyed it. So tell me what you mean by not having a Tyrion Lannister. I mean, I know who Tyrion Lannister is, obviously, but but by not having, are you like that type of character yeah. or like a character that you latch onto that, you know, is somebody that you like from the beginning kind of thing? Well, yeah. So what I mean is, you know, a lot of the characters in the show obviously went through major transitions and changes in their in their development, right? I mean, Arya being what Arya was as a little kid and so on and so forth, but there's still elements that 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 you see and you're like, yeah, that's who she was going to become. But then there's people like Tyrion um, and Jaime Lannister who go through these huge transformative arcs. And, um, and I, I look at Tyrion and I just, oh my gosh, my favorite character by far, just in his journey and his maturity and his the tragedy and then the overcoming um and it's and it's early but at the same time there aren't seeds planted for me at least uh for someone like that um and so i i'm i'm missing that there was a comedic element to him there was a uh, a humor you know that's his famous line you know that's what i do i drink and i know things you know i mean that which just yeah. encompasses his character. So that's missing, but I don't know that you could easily replace that. Um, and I don't know that they specifically had the mind that it would become what he became um, because of Peter Dinklage's great performance. So that's kind of what right. I mean. Yeah, I, um, not to get off track and, and get back into you know the previous series, uh, but I think it was like, early on in se in season seven of game of thrones where john snow daenerys and um uh Tyrion, Tyrion were all in the same room together for the first time i'm like somebody's gonna die these are my three favorite characters <laughs> something's something bad's gonna happen this 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 is not a good sign like i love all three of these people oh, and it's yeah. like oh crap <laughs> like a, oh, a dragon is gonna like crash yeah. through and and just like kill two out of three of them this is just not gonna be good <laughs> um but yeah i get i get what you're saying um you know i i'm one of those i i go back and forth when i think about the end of game of thrones um you know there's there's a part of it where sure i can see where the seeds of change were kind of planted in um Daenerys yeah um but uh at the same time too it's I wish they had just had more time to wrap up the story yeah. um because it it felt like it felt like those last two seasons were just rushed yeah um yeah especially so the last said, one 
horribly. Yeah, it was yeah, rough. yeah. Just just too few episodes and too much to do. I mean, yeah. you're trying to wrap up all the stuff with the Night King and the White Walkers, while at the same time trying to figure out all right who's going to ultimately wind up on the Iron Throne. Um, so that said, you know, when they announced House of the Dragon, um, I think at first I was like, I'm not going to care about this. I'm not. I'm not going to get drawn into this. I'm not going to get sucked in. But then they announced who was going to be in it. And when they started announcing the cast and, and Yo, I saw that Matt, Matt Smith, Smith was going to be playing a big role. Me, me too. Like, oh, yeah. All right. All right. Cautious optimism. Yeah. Let's go with that. Cautious yeah. optimism. And so so going into it, um, of course, Matt Smith, I think, is the only uh, – well, no, no, no. I, I think yeah, I'm back. Rice Ivins, right? Matt Smith, yeah. R- Rice. Reese. Reese. Oh, I'm Reese Ephens. Is it Reese Ephens or Rice Ivins? I, 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 I think know. it's Reese. I don't know. Um, who once played the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the Notting Hill. Don't forget about Notting and Hill. And he was he was in the replacements. Uh, he was the kicker, uh, yeah. from Wales. Yeah. Um, he's whitey uh anyway few, very few actors that i i recognized going into this and i thought he was like unrecognizable he's i don't know if if they did something with his makeup or if he's just naturally aged to the point where he really doesn't look like notting hill guy anymore yeah, yeah is, but, well, it's the beard I of course mean, that was 30 years ago yeah but he he also is I, i've not seen him with a beard you know facial hair yeah and that that definitely changed the way that he looked. But man, what he's a great character. I mean, he really, really is a great character <laughs> for for what he has to do and be in that series. Yeah, yeah. As the hand of the king, um, and as someone with ambition of his own, he is extremely manipulative. Um, he's not somebody who like. <laughs> You know, if, if I lived in this world of Westeros, knowing what I know, obviously, omnisciently, because I'm watching everybody and know what everyone's doing and thinking, um, he's not somebody I would trust to be the hand of the king if I were the king, um, because I know he's trying to manipulate things. And and the thing with, um, oh, shoot, my, is it Rhaenyra? Who's Rhaenyra. the king? Oh, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm actually looking up names because I have to remember some of these. Um, the names the names escape me at at some point. They're they're so they're so difficult. Can't can't we have kings named Jonathan or like David, Bob, Sam? <laughs> you know. I mean, I know we had we had a Samuel Tarly. That's close enough. We we'll just just have one of those. King but no, Bob. we gotta have. No, yeah. Aegon so he's and... he's Viserys. <laughs> He's Viserys. Viserys because we remember Viserys from Game of Thrones, right? You know, so right. So he's Viserys. Um. Well, okay. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. I was before we get into the characters and and what we think what we think of everybody. Again, going into it cautiously optimistic. Most of it based on the weight of who Matt Smith is and what a great actor I know him to be. So it's like, all right, going into this, I'm expecting him to carry a lot of weight. And he does. He really does. His character, Damon, is incredibly compelling. But without having to talk a lot. 
I mean, that's oh, the man. thing that, that always gets me about some of these actors that just have this weight uh, based upon their expressions. And um, you just have this vibe from him that you, A, have no idea what he's going to do. But at the same time, you pretty much know he could just cut through the entire room and kill everybody if he needed, if he wanted to. I mean, gravy, this guy. And would have no qualms about it either. <laughs> yes, he has, yeah, he yeah. has no conscience. Um, <laughs> None. But it's at the same, crazy. like, what was what I thought was great about Damon overall, like, is that he's again he's another character who has these great ambitions he knows what he wants he knows he would be a better king than his brother everyone else knows it too i'm sure deep down but he also has this bloodlust and this uh this thirst to conquer and he is um oh what's what, what i'm not sure how i want to say that he He's willing to to cut throats and do whatever he needs to do to get where he wants to be. Yeah, but at the same time, even he is fiercely loyal yeah. to his family, right. fiercely loyal, unexpectedly so, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so he has his ambition and he knows where he wants to be, but he's never going to take the steps that yeah. he needs to take against his to family take the throne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah, if, no, if someone no. else were to step in and then try to take absolutely. the throne away from Viserys, oh yeah, all yeah. bets are off, and yeah. you don't want to bet against him on that day. But um, you know, at this point, which which will make next season super interesting to to watch because now his brother's dead, uh, and sure, technically his family is still there and on the throne. But uh, they are really being controlled by the high towers. Yeah, no, they they absolutely are, and of course, uh, strong as well. I mean, if you think about it, because I mean, oh, what man. happens with with this little that guy, dude? That guy. Here's the problem with that guy. Um, Larry's Larry's. Uh, or I think like so. That. He's he's like little, little, club little foot, finger. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, they make him out to be like little finger. Here's the problem. Littlefinger from the get-go, you he see he made himself act like he was weak or nothing or small, but you looked at him and you were like, Oh, you got this thing going on, you've got some bigger scheme. And and you know, Varys really kind of sets him up as that as well. He's the most dangerous man in Westeros, that sort of stuff. And you feel it, you feel it. This guy, I started feeling that vibe. I was like, this guy's the little, he's a little finger. Look at him. Yeah. And then they had the scene where he had the foot fetish. And then I, and then I lost, and then I lost respect. I was like, I was like, if you were little finger, you would not have, ha have sunk into such a, a base level. This is, yeah. You know what I mean? That's, and so that's, that's the, that is the yeah. price. That's the price the queen has to pay to get her information from this guy. Come on now. Seriously. Yeah, throw a little foot yeah. out there. You know, but I, I just really, I was really disappointed. Um, if they were trying to do a little finger out of him, then they, they lost it by doing that, in my opinion. Um, I still think it was a, a masterful plan of overthrowing your family. You know, and that was still, you know, good. But um, there was a few surprises for me. Like, um, for example, um, Kristen Cole, like the... Um, 
the night, you know, uh, yeah. and she picks him out. Uh, Rhaenyra picks him out and he becomes what he is and they have their time together. And then you have this jump and you have this jade, you know, that isn't yeah. fully explained very well. And that was, yeah, suddenly he's completely disloyal to her and only loyal to Alicent, which is, I don't know, I thought that was a little off. Just, I did too. I thought it was a bit like it, it was too much of a jump and we're just supposed to accept it, right? And he turns out to be pretty awful. I can't stand oh, him. Yeah. I would really like yeah. for him to die. Yeah, I hope he does. Hope he dies painfully and horribly at some point. Maybe catch on fire from a dragon. But like, for example, that scene that happens before the time jump where he goes in and he kills the lover of the intended, you know, for uh Renera. All right, yeah. That reaction and that that violence was out of place, in my opinion. It 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 came out of nowhere, it wasn't set up enough. And then you you have that happen. Then you, next episode you have a jump, and then you're um and then you're just accepting that things have flipped around. And I was just I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing the show because I absolutely really loved it, but at the same time, there were things like that that I went, you know, yeah. that seemed very sudden, and I don't, don't want to say out of character for him, but um. You would think that the knight who has been charged with the protection of the princess, who is the heir to the throne, would have some more decorum than that, than to just bash in the head of somebody during a feast or a little, you know, party or whatever they're having there in the hall. Yep. Yeah. What did you think of Alicent? Because I, I changed my perspective about her like four times throughout the season. Right. Yeah, I, I think I did too. Um, you like her, then you hate her, then then you like her again, then you hate her again. Maybe I like her at the end. I'm not sure. I don't think I do at this point coming, coming to the end of the season. Now, you know? <laughs> um, I, so I don't feel bad for her at this point. Um, I think that she has she, she's made she's made a, a grave mistake in yes. in assuming what she was hearing from the dying king, um, who was for all intents and purposes delirious. Yep. Um and so she assumes when he speaks the name Aegon, and see, this is why you shouldn't name your kids after your ancestors, because you know, he he was talking obviously about Aegon the Conqueror, not Aegon, my firstborn son, and and so she assumes that when he's talking about Aegon, that that means oh, at the la on his deathbed, he's saying he wants Aegon to be the king. I'm yeah. sorry, this was decided. A decade ago, who was going to take yeah. the throne when he dies? Yeah, no, that was that was definitely definitely silly. Um, I, I one of the things that I appreciate about her character, I, I didn't really understand or know her intentions and 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 her the hold her father held over her, but I really feel like she proved that she truly was caring for 
um uh the series and that she was in in love and kindness um doing that work as you would for someone who is that you love who's in in um a bad health situation i mean it seemed to me that she really genuinely was was caring for him I, so I, I agree. I think that yes, she did. Like so, initially, obviously, she was just doing what her dad, what her father told her to do, and just yes. go in there and spend time with him to manipulate Viserys into yep. choosing her as his second wife. Right. Um. Definitely. Which, which obviously is what, uh, put a wedge between her and, uh, Rhaenerys, um, when they were you know had been best friends. Rhaenyra. Um, Rhaenyra, is that what it is? Sorry, Rhaenyra. Man, yeah, no, no, that's right. All these crazy names. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think at first, definitely, she was she was wary of of this relationship, and and honestly, I think she went in there. I think she probably like as you, you could you could see her. Uh, how nervous she was, uh, you know, spending that time alone with the king. But he was never untoward; like he did, he didn't do anything inappropriate. Right. I think she was ready for that to happen, right? Um, and I think she was afraid of that happening. Yeah. But it didn't happen, and so their time together was genuinely. She's a sounding board. Yeah. And he's able to just talk to her after you know he's he's been grieving the loss of his first wife. Right. The loss of uh the son that you know he could have had what a horrible um, uh, on a side note what a rough what a rough rough scene you know with him <laughs> making those choices and choosing very poorly that was really there, rough there was never a good birth on this show like no! in in what was it 10 episodes there how many how many pregnancies were there and how many of them actually ended in a live birth where <laughs> everyone wound up okay uh, it was rough it was yeah that i i'm sorry if i lived in westeros i don't think i'd i'd want to uh get anyone pregnant i i feel like oh, i thought you were going to say you wouldn't want to be pregnant <laughs> no no i i understand that i can't um <laughs> See, I learned all that a long time ago. That's good. Um, That's good. I I don't think I'd want to get anyone pregnant because I feel like it's like a death sentence. Yeah. All no, right. No, Nine it's... months from now, I'm going to choose between you or our unborn child, and maybe lose both of you. Who knows? I, I really liked. Um, I thought that the storyline of the um, of uh, the the Targaryens was um, not Targaryens. The um. Oh, what's what's their names? The um, Valyrians. Sorry, the the storyline of the Valyrians was really kind of a cool storyline. Um, just the these two different houses going on, and then the Targaryen aunt, you know, who doesn't get um, you know chosen, and their whole family who really should have been. She really should have been absolutely. Um, I, do, do you remember this scene when she when she's on the dragon and she comes in, you know, and you've got the whole you got the high towers, you got all of them standing there and you're just sitting there saying, please, 
say Dracarys or Dracarys. Please just burn all these these people alive, and then it's done. We're all good. And I, I knew, I knew she wasn't going to do that. But at the oh, same time, I was like, that what this is is please. a power play. Yeah, like all she's doing right here is showing them that she has a dragon, and she is going to go, and she's about to tell Rhaenyra exactly what's been happening for the last few days that she has yep. been kept prisoner in her own room in the palace oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah she, i like she her came character. in with that dragon um yeah. that that elevated her character for me like to way up here yeah uh compared to a lot of the others on there it's yeah it's... no I, I i thought that was great um, I, I will say that that although you know I enjoyed the whole season, the last couple of episodes were by far my favorite and and will compel me to go into further seasons. And I don't mean just because it was provocative or we came to a crescendo. I meant because of where we're at with the characters and the kids. Um, that one kid who is um, the one with the eye patch, what's his name? Let me look for him. Um, Arion, Aeon, Aeon. Uh, yeah. Is he? Is he? He's not Aemond, right? He Aemond. Aemond. Is it Aemond that he's Aemond? Aegon. Uh, Aegon is the older one who doesn't want to be king, but is yeah, named king. Who likes but to Aemond, do things you shouldn't over off of a balcony? That's that's the one. Uh huh. Yeah, but the other one, um, so if that's Amond, the one with the eye patch, he if there's I mean, if there's any character that I'm like, oh no, you know what I mean? I th this kid looks like he's a psychopath, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like I don't know how. I mean, he he almost looks like he could be related to Matt Smith. Right. And it's like they should have cast him as one of you know, as one of Damon's kids, but you know, aside from that, wow. he is he is also he has that bloodthirsty uh kind of attitude in him. Oh my god. And who can blame him? You know, I mean True. he lost an eye as a child to his cousin, and I'm sorry, it was incredibly foolish of Rhaenyra to send her son to um the Baratheons. Very, alone. very. But I think that this, I think what we're gathering and we walk away from this season with is that this has been a maturing season, almost really a backstory for who Rhaenyra is. Because, you know, you think about that last scene with her, you know, in, in the in the season. And it's just like, it's like that, oh no moment. You know what I mean? This is like thinking about like Daenerys, and that vengeance, vengeance when Miss Sandy was killed, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, I think we're going to just leave reason, logic, diplomacy, and all that aside because, yep, here we go. At the door. What'd you say? Chuck all of that at the door. Yeah, she chucked all of it at the door. Yeah, it's all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so, so I think this although, is all kind of a, a coming to who this character is. And I think there was a bit of naivety. Because, again, her exposure with family has been that nobody – you wouldn't kill your family members. We're Targaryens. You don't do that to each other, right? And now they have. And now they have, yeah. Um, that, you know, it, 
I wonder how much it's going or how much weight is going to be put on um, Eye Patch Kid. Amond? Is it Amond? Uh, it. Yes, Amond. Amond. Um, you know, because clearly he did not intend for his dragon to eat the other dragon and his cousin. Like, That's I don't think true. he intended that to happen at all. I think you he think wanted he to scare him. Scare him. Okay, gotcha. But but again, we come back to a line that uh that Viserys uh delivered early on uh when he was who was he talking to? Was he was he talking to Valeria Cor- Lord Corliss or whatever? Um that uh you know saying the the myth is like we really don't control the dragons. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and so, so I feel like that is something that needs to be remembered. Uh, every time we see a Targaryen on the back of a dragon, it's like this dragon is allowing you to believe yeah. that you have control here, right? Right. But when it comes down to it, that dragon's going to do exactly what it wants to do, and it sure did. It and sure so, did. so when when Aemond you know, aims his dragon at his younger cousin's, you know, small, much smaller dragon. He's you know, it's like, saying, all right, take him down. It's snack time, baby. Yeah. So, you know, chow down. Yeah, Bit dragons have... don't, don't just, uh, you know, play coy. And, uh, you well, know, no, this is, this is the real I deal. I mean, if I was a giant leather-winged, fire-breathing beast... I'd be doing whatever I want, whatever I wanted to. Quite Don't a hard talk to me in some old language. <laughs> yeah, quite a hard situation too, because you think about like, um, you know, the just the illegitimacy of you know Rhaenyra's kids, and uh, you know they're really just like in Game of Thrones. There truly are things that, you know, that aren't. Um, you know, maybe don't work out, you know, and, and so it's not like you can full force root for anybody in the shows like they are the good guy. Uh, the only one right. that you can do that in Game of Thrones with would probably be Jon Snow, right? That you could say he really is on the side of good, you know, in the effort of being good. But he's, he's got a good heart. He's got a good heart. But everybody else in some level, something is compromised and you're either working your way back from it or you're working your way down into the pit of it. And so it's, you know, this situation is, you know, they don't really have much of a true right to the throne. Um, I, I the when last thing the thrones, you either win or you die. Yeah, that's right. Um, the one thing I was going to ask you before we move on to Andor uh, or our trivia, you know, before Andor um, is, you know, there's I think about um uh game of thrones and the the little girl um and and she's reading the story to uh the onion knight um in the cell do you remember and she talks about rhaenyra and um and the dragons and 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 there's like a little tale of about what happens and how they they fight against each other for for the throne and and rhaenyra dies um do you remember any of that i don't but that was very early on wasn't it it, like the first two or three seasons of Game of Thrones, I think it was like the maybe the third, the season, second or third, third season. Or third. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And that's that's Baratheon's little girl, right? That winds up getting yeah. burned at the stake. Stannis, Stannis Baratheon. Stannis, star. yeah. <clears throat> um, I I remember I remember the scenes where yeah she was um uh reading with Sir what's his name um the Onion Knight. But I I can't remember like it's been so long since I've seen that that I can't remember the the specific details but it'd be um, interesting to see how it plays out i mean obviously we know it's probably not going to end well you know what i mean but uh no i mean because yeah i mean i, I think I, I made the mistake early on of of looking at um the the lineage the the heritage who sat on the throne from yeah. you know one leader to the next and i knew Aegon was after uh Viserys I was like well how is that possible they just said that uh Rhaenyra is going to be the next in line but yeah. uh so anyway um I was going to ask one more thing shoot oh do you think do you think that Viserys was naive enough to actually believe that Rhaenyra's sons were not illegitimate you know i do i i do think that he was naive enough and the reason why i think that really goes back to tywin lannister um i remember the scene where um cersei you know admits to tywin that she and jamie have you know been together and he is just i mean first of all he is probably the most military strategic mind that there is right and he is very smart you know and yet this eluded him and um and his reaction charles dance i mean his his reaction was was priceless he's like what nope 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 you know <laughs> and i so i think to myself i can't hear you I yeah yeah hear you. i think to myself with the series the same thing is that he would he would think my daughter would not betray our line that way, you know. Um, so I, I I really do. I also just think he was an idiot, you know. For a lot of there was a lot. I mean, not yeah. not not a bad guy. I mean, overall, no, no, no. He was he was a good man, but he was a horrible king. Yeah, he was a he horrible. Was, king. He was he yeah. was a weak he was a weak king, and was. in that like he he never did anything or made a decision on his own everything had to go through the council every decision that was made was uh decided for him and and i think it was it's incredibly symbolic how every time we see him sit on the throne he gets hurt by it <laughs> like he is injured by yeah. the iron throne every time he touches yeah. it so i think that says a lot about the kind of king that I mean that we should have seen that from the beginning. What kind of king he was going to be—that he was going to be very weak, and that he was going to be very crippled by the throne. Are we are we to assume that he had dragon scale? Uh, and the reason why I'm asking is because I had trouble with that because it's highly contagious, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he did. I think he just had like regular, like just infections from uh getting cut here and there by the throne okay. and and just like those injuries would get in, infected by bacteria so he would All have right. to have the maggots and things he looks pretty pretty him. ragged by the end of it you know that was oh my pretty, gosh pretty rough 
every every episode i was like is this the one where he dies is this the one where he dies he's got to die this time i mean the actor did a good job the the actor did a good job you know i I won't lie but Uh, patty considine yeah yeah he was good all right so let's see for trivia let's do it trivia 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 all right you got five questions from the hot d here we go and you're good this one this one we've already talked well you mentioned it so it's you're gonna get this one what old valyrian word is used to command a dragon to breathe fire dracaris i'm sorry what dracaris dracaris House of the Dragon begins its story how many years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen? Oh, uh, is it 109? Do you want one more guess? It's higher. 190. 172. Oh, I don't know why I had nine on the mind, but, you know, it was, I, I knew it was a hundred over 100. Over 100, under 200. Uh, what castle is the traditional home of House Targaryen in Westeros? Dragonstone. Dragonstone, correct. Who unhorsed Damon at the tournament? Uh, Kristen. Sir Kristen Cole, that is correct. Finally, what novel is House of the Dragon based on? Uh, uh, Dance of Dragons. Fire and blood. Fire and blood. That's right. I, I always get those names confused. Uh, other than how uh, ice and fire, um, I, I, I always get those names. So, what was it called again? Fire and blood. Yeah. Okay. I, I. I. That's the one I haven't read actually. So I need to read that. Now, if you don't read it, then maybe you'll be surprised by what happens in the next couple of seasons. <laughs> Trust me, I don't trust anything J.R.R. Martin says versus what they do in the shows. <laughs> not at all. Not uh, after the Red Queen isn't around, you know. So, no, seriously, why has he not written the, the next book? I mean, come on, man. Where's that? It's been years, years. Yeah, forget that. All right, all we're right. Ready to switch gears. Time to go to Andor. Moving to a galaxy far, far away. And no dragon. This, uh, well, they do have dragons. They can create dragons. No lightsabers. <laughs> no lightsabers uh, in this show. <laughs> no lightsabers in this show. No Jedi. No Force. You got Kyber Crystal, though. Yeah. Well, let's hear your your initial feelings about this show and or. Um, so I was excited about this one when they first announced it because I love Rogue One. I, I thought that... Um, Outside of the the Skywalker saga, Rogue One, I felt like when I, I know when I first saw it, I was like, "That's the best Star Wars we've had since Empire Strikes Back," and and I, I do, and we've talked about this. We've talked about how great, uh, like we both thought that uh, that Rogue One was, and um, uh, if you want to go back to that episode, it's it's way back when we weren't even filming these things, um, where we were talking about our. The, all the Star Wars movies uh, over the course of a few episodes. But anyway, uh, Rogue One, I loved because it showed us a side of uh, the Star Wars galaxy that we had never seen before. We're seeing, yeah. this is a war movie. This is a spy movie. And we're seeing what it takes to 
run a rebellion. And we're seeing that there are good people and bad people on both sides of this fight. Uh, you've got people who are being coerced into doing things for the empire, even though, sure, it's run by an evil uh, emperor. And, and there's a lot of evil people, you know, under his thumb who are directing things. But when it comes to you've got you've got good men like uh, Galen Urso, who has been uh, forced to use his mind to create this horrible weapon, which would become the Death Star. But then in the on the rebellion side, you've got a lot of good people. And this, of course, overall, this is good versus evil. But you've got people who are doing bad things for the greater good, right? And and we saw that with with Cassidy and Andor the first time we see him on screen, right? You know he's getting information from uh, an informant, and to save his own life so he can get out with that information, he has to kill his informant, who for all we know is a very innocent man. Well, he did, but, I will say the informant did seem like he was getting kind of skittish. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, he was gonna. You know, maybe maybe cause a scene. It's just like, ah, shut up, shh, shh, you know. Yeah. So, but again, Andor did what he had to do. Did what he had to do to to get the information out, so that again the rebellion could continue to grow and thrive and and do what they right. needed to do for their next mission. Um, right. And so when they announced that he was getting his own show, I was like, okay, that's great because this is a grim and gritty side of star Wars that we need to see more of. I need to, I need to have a better understanding of, you know, when, when there, when there are people at war, you do what you have to do to survive. Well, I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, meeting Saul was, you know, in, in rogue one as well. You see this almost, terrorist type of side to the good fight of the rebellion and and if you're a fan of the show you've seen his story a little bit the the cartoon show you know the clone wars you know and um you know you see how so you understand where he's coming from but in any case even if you haven't you see this character and you're like ah this is an extremist you know and um but uh expanding on all of that i i was really glad to see him uh, in the Andor show uh, as well, but um, but yeah, it's it's you know the thing that got me that that was interesting to me about Andor and and uh, and then Rogue One, of course, was yeah that you know it wasn't just simply good versus evil, but that you have you know people who have different philosophies about how you accomplish this in a rebellion, um, and uh, and so there's so much depth. So much depth that goes beyond just, you know, using the force and using a lightsaber and trying to fight this, you know, emperor that can shoot electricity out of his hands. You know, you got more than that going on. You've got planets, you know, huge civilizations, you know, that are affected by oppression, which is an age old tale. And uh, I mean, what a great show. What a great show. And it, and it takes it takes what uh, what's there, what exists, and you you're able to see the different sides of it. You've got you've got um, you, clearly clearly the show is about characters who are are forming a rebellion and and are desperate to get under the thumb of the empire. But at the same time, you've also got 
so many characters who are involved with the Empire right. who have bought into everything that the Emperor is selling. We right. are bringing order to a chaotic galaxy, yeah. and that is what we're here to do. That's what the Empire stands for. The Empire stands for order and peace and security. Yeah. That is what we're here for. That, we didn't get that with the Republic, but now right. we're getting it with the Empire. And uh, and so you can you can see where people would have these differing arguments and differing viewpoints of of you know how should our galaxy be run? Should, were we better under the old regime of the Republic? Are right. we better under the Empire? It, you know, it, it's it's really fascinating, especially when we get into um, you know some of the stuff with Mon Mothma and right and her circle of the politicians and the the elite of Coruscant and and, and the, husband, you know the core you worlds know? and and just the socialite atmosphere of all of that and what she's doing, and then to learn that her sister is the very same girl who was also from Game of Thrones um, that that we've seen that was connected with Andor and connected with uh, Stellan uh, Skarsgård, uh, Luthen. Uh, Luthen. On a side note, you know, I'm also fascinated by this story arc of the young guy. Uh, let me see if I can find his name. Uh, Karn? No, no, no. Who is it? Who's the Who's the guy... Who's the, the the lieutenant guy who gets jaded and who connects, you know, who uh, gets pulled off well, of this job? From the beginning? Yeah, from the beginning. I don't know. He, I hated his character. He was, uh, I thought he was whiny and um, I, I hate that we continue to have him in there just because he it is. felt like he had this personal vendetta against Cassian. Like, come on, man. Just let it go. Live your life. See, I'm fascinated though about his connection with uh the girl. The the oh man, I wish I could remember her name. Do you know her name? Not off the top of my head, no. Star Wars has weird names too. I know, that's really hard. <laughs> but she's she's the military, she's she's the empire with lady, the ISB, lady. Yeah. Yeah, that and and so you know, her her role in this is very, very interesting and intense. Um by the way, I know we just got off Game of Thrones stuff, but her boss is actually also in Game of Thrones because he plays, yeah. you know, the uh, what what would be the uh, the the witch doctor, you know, of of the show, you know. But um, but I just I you know I love this this atmosphere of getting insight into the politics of the Empire, even. In Rogue One, you got to see a little bit of it. Of course, you've seen it from from the get go in A New Hope because you have this little council that's talking. You know, and you have Vader. You know, just going in there and you know choking somebody that doesn't says what he likes. Find your lack of faith disturbing. But you know, that's the most that you really get into the politics of the Empire. And then you get to Rogue One, and you start to see, you know, with Krennic, this whole power play. More than you've ever seen anything before, and um, and so I, you know, I I think that this expands on that in a great way. Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was really cool, really cool. Let's see here, who else do we have? Um, did you? I, I appreciated uh, Stellan Skarsgård's role. Um, obviously, 
you know, his versatility as an actor is pretty impressive. But I thought it was so fun to watch him as he was initially with and and is truly um, as the rebellion person, but then also his persona that he puts on, you know, with as an antiquities dealer for with Mama. Yeah, he's <laughs> um, it's interesting. It, it it seems like the role he's playing in, within the rebellion is is almost like a puppet master. Yeah, he's um, or 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 game master, chess master. He's he's putting all these pieces where they need to be in order to um you know achieve certain goals um and uh he you know it's it's almost like he is he's trying to think two three steps ahead of the isb um and not always coming out on top with with all of that and so um it'll be interesting to see where things go with him uh in the second season as these you know pockets of resistance eventually you know form the rebel alliance um yeah. and that was i always thought that was that was so interesting about um you know the rebels animated series you know the we're following one uh group of rebels and and they are not necessarily you know involved with the rebel alliance as right. as we know it right they will be but like it's it's the kind of thing where it's like that's that's growing but in the meantime you know it's dangerous to yep. for for all of these different uh again pockets of rebellion to come together as one because then you're drawing attention to yourselves and the empire is going to be like oh they're all right here let's get them right. um, whereas if you're you know kind of playing it fast and loose behind the scenes and trying to you know pull the rug out from underneath the empire over here and over there um you know simultaneously uh you know i think that's that's the interesting role that luthan plays where he is he's kind of keeping his eye on all of these different factions that that are happening and and at the same time trying to make sure that for the greater good uh what needs to happen is going to happen so like yeah, he, and he understands too that sacrifices must be made and so winds up uh one of the factions gets caught and killed right um yeah there's a great victory know, yeah and and they knew they were sacrificing it because him and saul had a conversation about it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, 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 and saul was like and and it was it was so great to see that um recognition in Saw's like expression when he realized that Luthen was willing to sacrifice this entire group of rebels for the greater good. And he was, you know, and they, I think it, even in that in that interaction, he even asked, Would you be willing to sacrifice me? And and Luthen's like, of course, yeah. for the greater good. I'll sacrifice whatever needs to happen. Yeah, we're it, talking about the it, entire it galaxy is, here. It is interesting. I mean, and and you see this, and obviously that's that's thrown out or, or is is shown when you know they're willing to try to kill Cassian, you know, and find him for the little bit of information he knows. You know what I mean? And it's it's it, seen Luthen's face, right? And it's just to me, it's it's incredible you know how how far that goes i also 
it, it doesn't change or doesn't diminish for me Star Wars as a whole, this other side, um, or or change. I think it's still incredibly impressive when you think about the the copus of this that that you've got this you've got this whole political affair, all these people, this rebellion going on, and in the end, you've got this Jedi thing happening that goes in and then cuts down the emperor, you know, and cuts the snake's head off, you know, all completely disconnected from all of this other stuff going on. Sure. Luke is inside of the rebellion. Sure. Luke is, you know, part of, you know, both in destroying the death star and is part of that squadron and is, and is in, uh, you know, that, that base and, um, and on Hoth, and then you know you, you got all of them going to the uh, to Endor, but at the same time, it wasn't necessarily the rebellion that took down you know the Emperor Palpatine. It was this whole thing going with Vader and him, and then the aftermath of that thing going on and all that's going on. Whether you're talking about even the expanded Empire beyond the Emperor. Then you still have all that going on too, and so to me, it enhances it. It enhances it in such a great way that doesn't take away from the Jedi side of things, but it can exist separately because obviously there's a whole set of planets, you know, hundreds of planets that are thousands of planets that are affected by all this happening. You know, yeah, it's it's a big galaxy, and and I think that's one of the things that uh, that makes Star Wars. I don't want to say frustrating, but it seems like every story that's told has to be connected to the Skywalkers in some way. Yeah, and this does, does not it, have to be. Really? No. no. Yeah, it, it it absolutely doesn't. I think, you know, again, you've got this great big galaxy out there who that, you know, who knows what is being affected when in in you know in in terms of what we have seen and what most people have experienced having just watched the movies, you know, we've seen maybe a dozen worlds out there. And yeah. and we see I mean we see Tatooine like all the freaking time. Right. Who cares? But well, where else one, is there? One stupid planet. Yeah. Well and I think that, you know, we're gonna look back ten years from now and we're gonna see an expansion of this universe. Uh, and we already do with, say, you know, looking at Jedi Fallen Order and the new Jedi Survivor game that'll come out that that has um, uh, Cal or, or whatever the character's name is um, for that. You know, again, unconnected to Skywalker per se. Um, he's still got you still got Vader in it. You still got Inquisitors, but it's his journey. It's his path. You know, you even look at things like um, if they did the, the Knights of the Old Republic or they did something farther back, there's so much that can be done. If they pursue having an extension to um, the latest trilogy and, and they bring Daisy Ridley back into it and and, um, and all that, again, I, my hope is that that this is a continuation beyond Skywalker, you know, that this is right. something entirely independent. And that Skywalker saga is a subset that you look at nostalgically and you say, hey, that's where it all got started. But Star Wars is so much bigger than that, you know? It can be. I think that at this point, it's it's not bigger than that. 
for the most part except for andor we we keep on touching on the same characters that we've we've seen over and over again because we like that we like the nostalgia we like to we like to be comfortable in the characters we see i i was excited when they announced that ryan johnson was going to do his own trilogy that was going to be separate from the skywalker saga because it was supposed to you know whatever his story was going to be was going to be somewhere else in the star wars galaxy yeah and and that to me is intriguing i want to know like and, and some of these stories that have been coming out recently um you know in the past with um uh like the golden age um of the republic um you know those stories that have been coming out i haven't read all of them i read some of the comics i read a, a couple of the novels but it's fascinating to see all right this this is happening like what hundreds of years before uh the phantom menace and yeah. so we're seeing an entirely different generation of jedi and and we're seeing you know how different it is for them to exist and what their role is in the galaxy compared to where they are when you know palpatine is taking power and obviously the jedi are about to fall and they're so filled with um hubris yeah that it's like you know it, it's just it's so fascinating to see where they once were and and where their power base was and then to see you know how they get to the point where it's like all right the jedi are done we're yeah. we're we're we have no power anymore and right, uh right so that's, that's what i'm saying it, it, with such a you've got such a a robust not only not only a, a robust timeline that can tell all of these stories but again like you say the galaxy is so much bigger so than big. just tatooine yeah. let's let's yeah. explore some of these people and some of these places where we've never seen before yeah no, no, agreed. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for Obi Wan. You know the show. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Ahsoka. I, I'm, I, I still will always have a value and an appreciation and excitement about that stuff. Um, but exploring, and you know, Mandalorian. Um, but exploring things outside, um, I think is is important for the future of being able to to make this effective long term this star wars universe you know and right. uh, oh there's so much that can be done jedi yeah. lore alone think about what was done in rebels to explore jedi um and force lore you know that was so fun to to have all that explanation and backstory um and that's why you know people like me that are enthusiasts jump on you know even um the the uh the latest trilogy of star wars even though yeah it wasn't as great as it could have been you know you jump on things like omicrons and and things like that that make you go oh the lore there's more this new thing this you know and and oh there's so much that they could do so we'll see we'll see what happens but in the meantime do you think how long do you think andor is going to run seasons huh two seasons two yeah like that that was the plan from the beginning oh really just to have two yeah yeah there so the second season is supposed to uh get us to the point where rogue one begins oh okay gotcha gotcha so at some point in season two we will get k2so um which i'm excited about do you Um, oh i got a theory question 
do you think K2SO is actually the the box robot, his friend, and that somehow that gets transferred into maybe the 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 Imperial? Hmm. It popped in my mind one night. I was watching. I, I was probably in the second to last episode, and I was like, "What if? What if that guy right there becomes that?" That would be interesting. Think about, about it, it, right? Oh my gosh, that would be cool. So only two. I don't know. I don't know. His his. I think the the attitude that we see in that droid compared to K two S O is is really different. So I would I wouldn't think so. I think I, if, I do if think there's intended, a lot of good one liners that K two has, you know. And I, I think if they intended for it to be the same, they would have already gotten um, what's his name to be the voice, you know. Um, shoot, why did my mind just go blank? He's such a great actor. Who did the voice? You you're wondering the, the voice sure. of the the voice of K two S O. Uh, he was in the, A Knight's Tale. He was in Firefly. Um, are you talking about uh, Tudic? Yes, Alan Tudic. Thank Alan you. Alan Tudic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like if they were going to do that, he would have been the voice of the the droid there uh, on on Varix. So I don't know. That's an interesting thought, though. We'll we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, I know that at some point they will introduce him. Uh, and I'm curious as to what other potential, um, cameos, cameos we may have. Yeah, yeah I've been wondering because too, will they take because as time? we get there, yeah, we'll get we'll get into. Uh, that that time of rebels, yeah. um, you know and that Thrawn. same timeline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, yeah. We could see. Um, uh, um, sh- shoot, um, the Jedi from Rebels. What's his name? Kate, Kalen Jarrus. Karen- oh, Jarrus. Oh, you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see him in live action. And you know what? Go ahead and let Freddie Prince Jr. play let him. Freddie, I mean, do it. Him. Yeah. Uh, oh my uh, gosh, I still have a hard time with that scene at the end. Towards you know, oh, that's hard. Where he sacrifices himself. Yeah, that was hard. Uh, heartbreaking. Um, yeah. By the way, listeners, viewers, if y'all have not watched Rebels, some of the best Star Wars to come out of Star Wars in years. It's a brilliant Such show. A great. great um, show. the first season's a little slow, but yeah. once you get into it. Oh my gosh! It's it was so, it's, it's so worth it's so worth watching the whole so thing. Good. And if you don't, as a as a fan of Star Wars, really know who Ahsoka Tano is, um, you know, and and you'll get you'll get to see Rosario Dawson and her show. Um, and she also was in Mandalorian last season, so you you saw her for a minute. But her character, um, from Clone Wars and then in Rebels, is just it, honestly. Uh, of all the Star Wars characters I've ever enjoyed, uh, she would be my favorite. Uh, I yeah, I can't. I agree. Yeah, Ahsoka Tano is. My I would love. Uh, you know, I think it's asking a lot, and and it would just be fan service. But I would love to see more scenes of her and Luke uh, together. Just, yeah, just having conversations. 
Yeah. Tell me about my dad. Tell yeah. tell you know, tell me some stories about, you know, when my dad was, you know, a Jedi. Yeah. And um or or her like seeing something in Luke, like you were so much out. like your father. Yeah. Do what? Yeah, or if she sees some do something, you know, like playing cards and like cheats or something. She's like, that's something your father would do. Better watch out. That dark side's gonna get you, you know. <laughs> oh um, man. But you know, I think yeah, I, I wonder great. about Thrawn, you know, the fact that they've uh now they've cast, right? They've cast um uh what's that guy's name? Um that's gonna be playing him. Um Thrawn. I hadn't heard they cast him anybody as Thrawn. Yeah, well, the last thing I heard is they had uh, who will be Thrawn. Let me remember his name. He played. Um, he's played in a few shows. Um, Lars Mickelson. That's right. So mm-hmm. Lars Mickelson. Mikkelsen, um, yeah. Who, who's Lars Mickelson? Lars Mickelson is. Uh, let's see if I can. Is he related to Mads Mickelson? I don't know if he's related. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what you know him from because I've seen him in in shows plenty. He plays. He's played a Russian in. Um, all right, so he was in the show The Witcher. Let's see. Was one of the ones early on. I feel like he 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 did do the voice of um, Thrawn in um, in Rebels. So that's why he's the popular choice. But there was also that is that finalized? Like he's actually cast as Thrawn? Let me see if it's on his IMDB for future projects. No, it's it's not. See, I didn't think they'd announced anybody for live action Thrawn yet. I think they want to keep that under their hat until they have until we're closer to Ahsoka coming out and maybe even keep it a surprise. There is a recent rumor that, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, this was back last year that they had said um, that it could be him, but no, it's, if, if it's not on his IMDB upcoming projects, then nothing's certain unless they announced it at Star Wars. So you can never trust it fully, but anyway, I guess. Are you ready for some Andor trivia? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, Andor trivia. With the introduction of Kino Loy, Andy Serkis has now played two characters in the Star Wars galaxy. Who is the other? Uh, would that be Snoke? That is correct. What is the name of Marva's emotionally codependent droid? Oh, the box? Yeah. I don't remember the box's name. Oh bummer. We you know one thing we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about um you know the mom. You know, Petunia. Yeah. She did a Pet- great job, didn't she? That's her. That's her Marva. <laughs> Petunia. Petunia. Uh yeah, yeah, she did. I always and, and I think that, um, Petunia Dursley. <laughs> her her you know role as a uh you know a rebel there on their home world um and being cassian's uh sort of adopted mother adopted mother um really has shaped him into the rebel that he will become 
Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, her example and especially geez, her, her call to action from beyond the grave was, yeah. was spectacular there in that, that last episode. Wonderful. Um, wonderful. So, wonderful uh, yeah, that was, that was really great. Um, so, so it's, it's really, it's, it's again with, with Cassian, it's great to see not only, you know, we know who he's going to become. We know what kind of uh, rebel soldier spy he's going to be. Um, and to see that that's sort of always been there. Um, you know, this, this, I'm going to do what, whatever it takes to, uh, you know, I feel like at first, you know, at the beginning of the series, rebellion has nothing. He he has, he has no, he has no love for the empire. Sure. Certainly. You know, fighting fighting a you know as part of a rebellion is not something that is on his mind um and then as the show progresses as he sees more and more of uh the oppression of the empire and the galaxy and then experiences more of it himself yeah not that he hadn't experienced it previously but he starts to see more of the corruption uh, that he had been blind to or had been turning a blind eye to, um, you know, it, it really changes his engagement with uh, how they're going to uh, move forward and and what his role will be uh, within the rebellion at large. So I, yeah, let again, me ask you this, though, like I feel like they were headed somewhere with the backstory you know, uh, his backstory. And then it just drops entirely, you know? And, and I feel like it, I I was kind of missing, you know, a little bit of closure there. Not that they won't probably flush it out in season two, but you know, there's, there's really wasn't anything left with the sister and, and anything that happens, uh, with the kids he grew up with, you know, on that planet. Um, you know, other than than what we see, you know, with the leader getting shot and and then they're all that's it. And so I feel like there was it was built up like that would be more important than it ended up being. What are your thoughts there? I so I think you're I, I agree with you. I feel it, it does feel like it was abruptly kind of uh shoved off to the side. Um to make room for you know what's going on in the present and you know what is you know obviously more important to the the plot of of the story but at the same time you know with them having planned two seasons of you know 12 episodes a piece i feel like we're definitely going to get the closure that uh we should because again the the two seasons have been planned it's not like you know they saw that andor was a, a success in the first season they were like all right let's do a second season no they knew from the start this, this is the story we're right. going to tell and so um you know i think that with the flashbacks and finding out what happened to his sister um i think will continue to play a role we just don't know what that role is going to be at this point yeah um, hey, uh, side note, uh, Lars Mickelson, who did do the voice of Thrawn in, um, in Rebels and 
potentially could be Thrawn in live action for Mandalorian, uh, is the brother of Mads Mikkelsen, who played uh, Urso, uh, Galen Urso. Interesting. So, yeah. And Hannibal Lecter in the show. All right. What's your other trivia? Three more questions for you. Let's go. The first episode is shown to take place at what point in the Star Wars timeline? Five, five years before the Battle of Yavin. That is correct. And I think this is the first time I remember seeing uh, BBY, BBY as like yeah. as shorthand uh, in an actual Star Wars property. I know, pretty cool. You know that is that is the shorthand that you know fans have fans used have for done. decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that we we start the timeline at the Battle of Yavin, which is of course, you know, episode four in New Hope. And then anything that happens after that is A B Y. Anything that happened before that is B B Y. And so right. uh yeah, it's uh I thought it was really neat that they actually uh recognize that and, and are using that in continuity now. Yeah. Um all right. Mon Mothma is a galactic senator representing what wealthy core world? Chandrila? Chandrila. Chandrila. Yeah. Chandrila. Shangri-La. Uh, Shangri-La. <laughs> I was like, I was, that's what I always think of, Shangri-La. Shangri-La. Uh, all right, final question. What is Luthen's initial plan for Cassian following his involvement in the Aldan? Aldani heist. Sorry, that was a mouthful. His initial plan for Cassian following his involvement with the Aldani heist. To kill him. That is correct. Yeah. You can't let this guy just go around the galaxy with all his money and he's seen your face, Luthen. Yeah. And he's seen you without your wig. Yeah. Um, that's good. So what's what's something just speculation looking into season two? Is there something you would like to see leading up to the events of Rogue One? Um, you know, I um and I, I know you might disagree with this because of the disconnection from Star Wars, but uh, or Skywalker, but I I would like to see um the Emperor. Uh, in in the second season and the reason why i want to see him is not because i want to see him in his dark shrouded figure um i remember in one of the last episodes of um rebels when um the emperor was trying to mess with um uh what's his name <laughs> uh the main character Kanan. Rebel. what Kanan. no not Kanan. um the kid um Ezra. Ezra, thank you. Um, he was trying to manipulate Ezra, and he came in the form of his uh undisfigured self, right? In a hologram. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you know, of course, that gets messed up and he sees him for who he is. And and to me, it would part of understanding the world that as they're being oppressed, and you know, I think about you know Hitler and and the banners of of Hitler and 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 all of that for Germany. Um, I just feel like it it would be helpful to be able to see what is the empire seeing, you know, as their leader, their revered leader, you know, and and to see whatever manipulation 
uh, he is putting forth about himself uh, in that way. I would like to see that. Now, that can come in the form of just seeing, you know, him in his Senator Palpatine look, you know, uh, on a banner, or it can be, uh, you know, actually having interaction with him doing that and then seeing him turn away and then being his nasty self. But I just feel like that would be important to bring some continuity to what this really this oppression really is. So yeah, that's what I, like I agree. See. I think I think it would be interesting to see. You know, I I don't think I want to see Palpatine playing a, a large role no. Um, no. in in this, but I would I, I do think it would be interesting to see maybe the emperor making some kind of public address um over the hollow net or whatever and and what we're seeing you know broadcast across the galaxy is this unblemished palpatine as he was prior to episode three um because he's putting on this face that right. would not make people uncomfortable right. uh whereas you know we know the truth behind it he's not wearing that mask anymore he is full-on dark side he is right. um you know his his facade melted away when he uh fought mace windu right so uh right. yeah i do think that would be fascinating to see um but yeah i am looking forward to season two i don't think they've announced yet when it's coming but i know they're filming right now uh in london so well, there you go. uh what would you like forward to, see? to anything particular um, you know i'm more k2so uh you know that that droid was one of my favorite parts of rogue one i yeah. i loved his interactions with everyone just his uh the the sarcasm that he brought to uh of course you know it, it's it's all for the the sake of um comic relief or whatever but um you know i, I think i would i wouldn't mind seeing cameos from characters that we know from rebels maybe see ahsoka maybe see hera um oh, hera. or ezra They've yeah. already cast those roles for the Ahsoka show. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it may be seeing some of these characters, um, you know, as the rebellion is building um, to, to continue seeing that because we know they're there. We know they exist. They're out there. They're out there fighting the good fight. Um, so, you know, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt my feelings at all if we got some of those, animated characters had some live action appearances but uh but other than that um you know i'm just i'm looking forward to uh whatever they bring to it because again this is some of the best star wars that we've seen yeah. uh in years this is and it, and it has nothing to do with jedi i mean yeah. we're not seeing any lightsabers we're not seeing the force uh being utilized or manipulated this is just a good war story yeah. and i am fascinated to see what's going to happen next um yeah, because now you've got you've got andor who is fully committed now to the cause yeah and and you see that in the final scene when when he confronts luthan he's like i know you've been looking for me here i am either kill me or take me with you yeah and and luthan just smiles and because because he realizes this guy is all in yeah. and so it's like all right, all bets are off. You got somebody who is this committed to the cause right. and who's willing to do anything that it takes to to get the job done. Right. There's nowhere we can't go with this. Right. So right. I'm excited. I'm excited about season two and what it's going to bring. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
It's good. All right. Uh, next week, we are going to get into the holiday spirit uh, and talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies. Um, I don't know. Maybe do a top 10, something like that. Get oh, yeah. into some of the the favorites and some of the not-so-greats uh, that have come and gone over the years. Uh, let me tell you, just as a, a little preview of what we can talk about next week, I just finished watching Prancer for the first time since 1989. I was totally going to admit, did you cry again? Again? I don't remember crying the first time. What? But let me tell you, it, I was nine years old, man. I don't, I don't remember crying at movies when I'm nine you're years heartless old. Heartless back then. You're heartless now. I did cry this time, though. Hey, I will hey, say that. But see, here's the thing. Like, the first half of the movie, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I think I'm identifying a lot more with Sam Elliott's character than <laughs> I did you know, as a kid. Because here, all I'm thinking is like, yeah, he's being hard on this little girl, but she is completely reckless. Reckless and 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 he is. Do what? Yes, she's reckless and whining. I know. The whole time she's 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 running away from home. She's doing all these crazy (laughs) things, and I'm just like, yeah, he's being tough on her, but he's trying to keep her safe, and he's doing the best he can. Doing the best he died. Yeah. We'll get into all that. Yep, we'll get into all that next week. There's there's lots of those movies I remember from from childhood that One Magic um, Christmas just may saying. not have stood the test of time, and that one's on my mind too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Let, I let me tell you. Um, but yeah, let's we'll we'll get into the ones we love, the ones we um loved as kids, <laughs> and maybe maybe didn't. Um, once we loathe, make it, <laughs> make it as adults. Um, all right, Landon, anything else uh, that you have before we sign off? No, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, please do share. Uh, you know, we, we we're on Facebook and, uh, you know, all these different platforms and things. But just share, like, make comments. You know, um, we'd love to know what you think about both uh, Hot D and uh, Andor. Yeah. But also, if you're looking towards next week, uh, please feel free to have any comments that, uh, and we'll you know make mention of those uh, as we do our podcast. So yeah, thanks for listening. That's right, we want you, we want you to be part of the conversation. So be sure to share those comments with us, and and uh, we'll read the appropriate ones right here on the show. So, all right, guys, uh, have a great whatever it is wherever you are. <laughs>